Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 30 I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up, and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. But your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 17. One day Elisha was passing through Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to have a meal. So whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for a meal. She said to her husband, Look, I am sure that this man who regularly passes our way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small roof chamber with walls, and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when he came there, he went up to the chamber and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, Call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. He said to him, Say to her, Since you have taken all this trouble for us, what may be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I live among my own people. He said, What then may be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. He said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood at the door. He said, At this season, in due time, you shall embrace a son. She replied, No, my lord, O man of God, do not deceive your servant. The woman conceived and bore a son at that season, in due time, as Elisha had declared to her. Romans chapter 7 verses 14 through 25. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into slavery under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. 
For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer that I do it. It is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I do, that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So then with my mind I am a slave to the law of God, but in my flesh I am a slave to the law of sin. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Thursday after Pentecost. We have a new psalm this morning and we continue our reading in 2 Kings about Elisha. Um, But what I want to focus on this morning is the reading from the seventh chapter of the letter of Romans. Um, Here Paul is talking about this duality, this struggle he has within him um, that I'm confident most people have within them. in his mind and his will, um, he is directed to the law of God and doing what's right. Um, but somewhere else, he says in his flesh and his in his appendages, his his members, they want to do what is only uh, pleasurable or, or good in this very short-term sense. Um, and it, it struck me that, um, Paul's struggle with the law and with the gospel, um, is not uncom is not unlike the struggle with, um, you know, for soldiers in doing what's right on the battlefield. On the one hand, uh, <clears throat> there's this saying from General Sherman during the Civil War, that war is hell. And the idea is, well, you know, all bets are off. You know, anything that you have to do to get home alive and in one piece. Um, you know, this kind of, a certain kind of nihilism um, in, in war and in, on the battlefield. But on the other hand, we do have laws of war and we do have uh, a system of honor and what's right that... Um, is also a part of the battlefield, whether that's the law of land warfare, the Geneva Conventions, or your own conscience. There's this struggle between what's expedient and what's desired and what serves one's self-interest, and then these structures that we put in place and even our own desires to do what's good by other people, not just ourselves. And uh, nowhere is that more apparent than the the conclusion of the trial of Eddie Gallagher, this Navy SEAL. Uh, I've mentioned him a couple times. Within the military, it's been very interesting following um, not just the trial, but but those who are on either sidelines um, in the, the, you know, the very idea that elite soldiers be held accountable to what they do in war. 
and the same arguments of like, look, you know, war is war and these laws get in the way uh, of doing what's, you know, going to get us home alive. Um, they're, they're there in this trial and in, in combat. Um, but we see in our members, in our service members, uh, these things that are um, at war with the law. Um, this expediency, the, the desire to satisfy um, a certain instinct toward vengeance. Um, and whether that's at particular people for what they've done, this ISIS fighter um, who was fighting against us, um, or if that's just the, this generic sense of, you know, this us versus, us versus them mentality. Um, and, and Paul, it makes this very clear that this struggle is real, that, um, you know, the, the, the law exists and reminds us of how far we've fallen, um, but also that we are not, um, we are not, Unforgivable that there's always this space for redemption, and the trial concluded yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? Or was it the day before? I think it was yesterday. Um, the final verdict was not guilty on all counts except for posing with a dead body, with the corpse of a of a of, of an adversary, um, which is a violation of the you know, Uniform Code of Military Justice. Um, it, it isn't at the same level of conspiracy and, and murder, which is what he stood accused of, among other things. Um, and I, I think the, the court is still out in terms of sentencing, but it's very likely he'll be sentenced to time served, um, and he'll, he'll walk free, even though he'll have a guilty verdict in terms of posing with, a a dead body and the the trial was just this roller coaster within the military you have as I mentioned these two camps um, the one that are uh, who are more beholden to the law and this external um, expectation of the good the boy scouts as they were called and this other one which at first uh, I had been calling the warriors which is what some of these articles have been calling them, but there's um, apparently there is a name that they've given themselves, and I believe it's um, the Silent Brotherhood. Um, this group that um, feels as though um, it's their responsibility or or their right, I, I don't know, um, to kind of protect you know the whole sheep dog sheep kind of mentality that the. Um, the responsibility given to them as service members is one that they take very seriously, but also somehow bestows upon them a certain immunity to um, these, you know, not just the laws, but the expectations of ordinary society. So even just in the military, there's this war between um, wanting to do good and yet this um, wanting to do good by oneself and wanted to do evil, on the other hand. Um, these are stark contrasts, but Paul isn't known um, for all that much nuance in terms of his rhetoric. Um, and I don't know where that conflict leads us. Um, 
the the kind of bombshell in the trial was this medic who had received immunity and so he took the opportunity on the stand to give testimony that he'd never given before and that is that Gallagher did not kill this young fighter but that he himself had by asphyxiation that sure Eddie um, stabbed the guy in the neck but that isn't what killed him and without that testimony the prosecution couldn't um, you know couldn't continue to make the cases strongly um, and the rationale for saying it and there's no evidence to the contrary um, the reason this medic said it was look he's got a family um, I don't want him locked up the rest of his life but, you know blah 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 which is good and yet what is the cost of that where where does that needle lie between um, good and evil or right and wrong in you know within the context in which Gallagher and his platoon mates have you know that that this has come to the surface um, I just don't know where that leaves us only to acknowledge and to um, be aware of the um, of that conflict not just you know in some metaphysical sense between the church and the world or between yourself and your own desires but you know as grunts as uh, members of the military, that happens within our own community in its own way, and not just in our own selves, between trying to do right, but also trying to remain safe safe, and to keep our brothers and sisters safe, um, but also within the, the community of the military as well. Proper nine from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit, that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>